Welcome to Third Church's T3 Family Podcast. So hello, T3 Family Podcast. We are in our final week in our series called Behold the Gold. Today, I have two friends with me to discuss how to have conversations with elementary age kids about our bodies and relationships. Okay, so but here's the deal. None of us are actually experts. And to be honest, I invited some experts, some professional counselors in our town to join this conversation. But their hesitation was that they didn't want people to think that their word was law because of their professional hats. So please note, we are not professionals. I will say it again. We are not professionals. And these are just opinions about these topics. And what may have worked for our families may not work for your family. So please be prayerfully considering and inviting King Jesus to lead you in this conversation. Please remember that you have unique kids and what may work with one kid may not work with another kid. So ask Jesus, their creator, to help you in the conversations. Okay, so friends who are super fun and funny, would you introduce yourselves, your families, and maybe what is one of your favorite things about each of your kids? I'm Becky Denoy. Um, I'm married to Tim. We've been married 16 years to this union. We have three children. And um, my oldest is Jessa. She's 15. Uh, what I love about her is she's just super fun. Like, I I love hanging out with her. And um, we have teenage moments, but for the most part, she's fantastic. So she is a fun hang and joy filled. Um, and we have Parker's in fifth grade and he, so he'll be turning 11 soon. Um, he is my tender hearted, very kind, like he's so gentle with younger kids. And so, yes, he's just very tender hearted. Mm-hmm. And, um, Lincoln is my youngest. He is in second grade and he's eight and, um, he's very quick witted and funny. And so I'm always surprised and delighted with the things that just come out of his brain and mouth. And yeah, so they're fun. I mean, are all youngest kids quick witted? Maybe they have to be. Like, <laughs> I agree with no that. Comment. <laughs> is that with your family too? Uh, our middle is, but he's okay. only middle by two minutes. So it okay. doesn't okay. Really count. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay, introduce yourself. Oh, sorry. Uh, I'm Mark Van Ruckel. I'm married to Angela, and we have three kids. We've been married for 13 years. We've got a 10-year-old, Henry. He's a really good dude. He's a fun-loving kid. He's very inclusive on the playground, trying to kind of bring everybody into the mix. And then we have twin six-year-olds. Kaysen is older by two minutes, and he tries to make everything a joke. Mm-hmm. So even just saying a sentence, he'll just say, and then you say the sentence say get it dad I'm like well no that's not quite the joke but uh and then we've got cora um our little flower girl she's our six-year-old she's very sweet very cute very fun loving and it's just really fun having a little girl mm-hmm. that's awesome yeah she looks so much like angie to me she does mm-hmm. okay so here's the deal peeps Um, these are some of the most fun people I know. And so I'm excited to have this conversation with them because I think when we're in three weeks of a topic on sex and relationships, not that it's heavy all the time because each conversation has been super great and fun, but especially with elementary kids, there's an awkwardness. I think that's different than maybe a middle school and high school age group. And so this is going to be fun. I just can't wait. Okay. So what (laughs) ages were you taught about your body and how it functions? Yeah, I was, I want to say like 
my mom talked to me about body changes that could be happening for me probably right before I got into fifth grade. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember it was like a summer day. We were taking the clothes off the line and she just told me how my body could start to change. And of, I remember feeling awkward, but I think that's just a piece of it. Um, and then as far as, um, and maybe at that time too, she, I like, I remember her having a book. And so we may have read about where babies come from, how babies are made. Um, and then when I was 13, my parents both took me out to eat and we had more of like the saving yourself for marriage mm-hmm. talk. Um, they just really emphasized how sex was mm-hmm. really beautiful in marriage. And so, again, I remember being like, oh, my gosh, I'd rather die than be here right now. But right, right. but now as an adult with kids that age. I I just appreciate how they handled it. And there was never a time that I felt like I couldn't approach my parents with any um, questions I might have about my body or yeah, sex. So um, I, I love how they handled it. I've appreciated it more as I grow up with my children. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Okay. So both your parents took you out though to have the, that was more about the purity thing. Yeah. And, and so just knowing how it was and, and that wasn't like any mechanics of it all. Just saying like, okay, you're 13, you, Mm -hmm. you know what sex is. Mm -hmm. Here's why we think it's really important to save it Mm -hmm. for marriage. Um, and so, yeah, that was pretty impactful to me. And so, um, also one thing that my, my parents will always say, and my mom specifically is like from the day we were born, they've been praying for our future spouses that our future spouses Mm -hmm. would also be, um, saving themselves for marriage or really, um, yeah, that they would just be growing up Mm -hmm. in a home with healthy sexuality. So that as far as I know, their prayers have been answered. So I know for me specifically, so I, they will emphasize that to me too. Like, just remember, be praying for your kids as spouse. Yeah. And it's just such a sweet reminder. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. I remember being pregnant and reading a book that was like praying weekly. And I, f- I want to say it was like week 24. And the prompt for that week was to pray for the spouse. And I was like, oh, that yeah. was so a little bit mind boggling mm-hmm. to me, but like right. really beautiful to think about like, okay, Lord, you could have this person may already be on earth or you could be creating mm-hmm. them or they're, they're still your dream of what, you know, yeah. like, and just to be thinking about that. I know it's kind yeah. of a weird thing to think about, but it really is beautiful it and powerful. Is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. All right, Mark, what about you? Uh, I grew up in a really wonderful Christian home, but I think my sex talks were more necessity driven. Hmm. I remember like in fourth grade, the public school was going to show the video about, um, you know, little bunny becomes fuzzy bunny and all of this when, and everybody <laughs> has to separate and get super awkward. Um, so my parents kind of thought, oh, well, we better have the talk quick, <laughs> quickly now. So um, off fishing we went. I like, oh, I <laughs> okay, lo-. so you like really went fishing. Yeah. That's awesome. And I loved fishing. And now it's kind of like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you think about it <laughs> no, differently. No, that's right. <laughs> but no, it was just kind of, it was somewhat the mechanics and your body's changing. Mm-hmm. And then I remember one time, um, I found a box of condoms in my underwear drawer. And I was like probably 10, 12 years old. I thought, what in the world is this? So I went, I had two little sisters and I said, what are these? Why? Right. My sister said, well, are you sure they're not yours? I said, why? Why? (laughs) Of course they're not mine. Why would I know? So then 
off fishing we went with my dad. Okay. <laughs> so he had bought condoms. And Quick had to stash them away because his daughters were coming up the stairs and my underwear drawer was the closest. Boom, just boom. It's like, okay, now I go fishing again. So I don't go fishing anymore. But no, that was the end that's of not it. true. I do You're like fishing. Right. But it was always like, a, that's how we did things, you know. You, okay. You, with girls, maybe it's different where you sit down and, mm-hmm. and chat face to face. But guys, you kind of have to stand shoulder to shoulder and mm-hmm. do something so you're not yeah. as awkward. Yeah. What, did it feel awkward when, I mean, when you were fishing and talking about those things? No. No? Yeah. It should, probably should have, but no, it really didn't. That's awesome. It was awesome. just kind of natural. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. It was fun. That is awesome. <laughs> it was fun. Good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. At what age were you taught about relationships and sex? So you kind of both shared this, like with purity and then with the second fishing trip based on the <laughs> condom finding. But were there specific things that you were taught? I feel like I was almost taught about like pornography and that sort of thing too late. Because hmm. I think Satan had already kind of built up some walls of shame. Hmm. So then anytime you think about sex, it's dirty. And then, well, my dad's want to talk about it now. I'm like, oh, golly, I don't want to hear that. And right. So we just didn't want to go there. Yeah. So I don't even remember what, how old I was, but it was it was too late yeah. and the, there was already shame and then so sex equaled shame. Okay. Yeah. No, for real. Thanks for sharing that. I think that is, honestly, Mark, that's one of the reasons why we're having this series um, because we realize how much when, as we started with high school conversation, then middle school, now this, because we realize by the time they get to high school, they're already struggling through shame right. and whether they have been sexually active or not, there is shame tied to the word mm-hmm. sex and their bodies. Just dirtiness, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so we're the whole series, even for core and mix, was the goal was to make sure that we were creating this environment of like, this is actually really beautiful and God says it's beautiful. So how mm-hmm. do we destroy the lies of shame that the enemy and the world have created around it? So right. yeah, I think that's really interesting. So thanks for bringing that up. Mm-hmm. What about for you, Becky? Yeah, I think I don't remember like specific um, even things that my mom talked about when I was learning about my body or like specifics that they said. And I don't think this was from my parents. I think it was the culture in general with purity culture. Mm -hmm. And I think we've talked about this a little bit um, in the other podcasts, but there almost seems to be like a sex is really bad yeah and now you're married and sex is good and good mm-hmm. luck yes and and so like in my own life even like trying to like sometimes that lie will pop up at the most random times yeah. and I have to like reach like yeah pause <laughs> recheck myself you know like okay so why why am I feeling this way about mm-hmm. sex or mm-hmm. whatever because it's yeah and so like I would never like place a blame on my parents, because I don't think they said anything like, if you have sex before marriage, you're bad. Mm-hmm. But right. I think because it was such a sacred thing, and honestly, the time we grew up with the purity culture movement, like mm-hmm. it was like, well, if you've had sex before you're married, it's, you've destroyed yourself. Right. And, and so that 
even though that wasn't necessarily my story, like it still felt made sh- like sex bad. Right. So I didn't right. deal with the shame of, the, of maybe like premarital sex, but I was even dealing with like, I don't know. I think sex is bad. And I, right. and I, and I think I want to have sex and right. I, you know, like just dealing with all those emotions, like mm-hmm. this must be bad. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I don't know if I feel like that was a cultural thing that, I personally went through and still I'm trying to combat. And then how do I go forward talking to my kids so that they wouldn't have to deal with any of that mm-hmm. shame? Like, I don't want there to be yes. shame with that. Yes. So. And how do we not reiterate shame or reproduce shame when that's what we all grew up with possibly, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah. so all of us grew up in the same cultural moment, like, Honestly, we're all within a year of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that said, though, like there were cultural pressures within the church, big C, that are just different than today and or could be the same as today. But as I think of your two families in particular, I think of like you really want your kids to be free, mm-hmm. not free to go explore sexually however right. they want, mm-hmm. but just you don't want them to experience some of the traps and some of the chains that maybe you felt or experienced. Mm-hmm. And so how are we mindful of those things when some of those, I'll say, speak from like Mike and I, like some of those things are our natural fallbacks. Mm-hmm. So for us to like stop ourselves mid sentence, be like, okay, we need to like rehab this conversation mm-hmm. because mom and dad are messing it up already. Mm-hmm. Um, right. That's hard. Okay. So what are some of the benefits from how you learned? Like, what did you appreciate about maybe going on the fishing trip or mom and dad sitting you down? And then what are some of the hangups that you struggled with as a student, as now a parent, all of those different pieces? I appreciated kind of how just the normal part of life, like we would, yeah. we would go fishing normally. So mm-hmm. it's not like we did something radically different and awkward already to add on top of awkwardness. Right, right. So it's good. And like when I had the talk with Henry, it's been kind of a growing conversation. But then we were just burning hillsides one day and we just started talking about sex Mm -hmm. and kind of saying, well, here's what society's going to say and here's what God has to say about it. And just kind of became an ordinary thing. It wasn't the talk really. It was just kind of talking. Yeah. I actually love that about your story, Mark, because even when the earlier question of like, was that awkward? And you're like, no. And I think that's beautiful because I think media portrays it as like this, like, okay, we got to have the talk. And mom and dad are like shaking in their boots. Yes. Yeah. And (laughs) so I love that it was just normal conversation. Yeah. And how inviting I, I think for Cora Kaysen and Henry to be like, oh, so I can just enter into this conversation Mm -hmm. I don't right. have to wait for the perfect moment. And if right. they have questions, you've allowed for that to happen. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Are there specific things you are mindful of when talking to your kids about relationships and their body? Yes. I, again, just wanting to enter into talks about their body and and their sexuality with no shame attached mm-hmm. to it. Because I... And so I don't know, I don't have the right answer of here's the formula of how to do it. Like it, it almost just is all grace and, um, you know, seizing the moment. Mm -hmm. I think a few times conversations have come up in kind of like what Mark has been saying, like, we're just doing the dishes and a Mm -hmm. question comes up like, Hey, what's this? 
great, let's mm-hmm. talk about um, what you've heard a classmate mm-hmm. say or whatever, right. you know. And um, also in that, when I've when I talk to my daughter about sex, like I realize like the sooner you start to talk to your children about their bodies and about sex, like you are the authority. It's not mm-hmm. a secret. Yeah. I think there's some things where kids are like, mom and dad don't know about this. Right. Well, right. obviously <laughs> mom and dad do. And so, <laughs> but, but that's just how kids think. And yeah. and I remember thinking that. And so just being like, mm-hmm. Hey, I know, I know this term. The other thing that I try to do is not look shocked when a question comes up. (laughs) Yeah. So thankfully by whatever way I was wired, I can, I can keep a pretty level head while in the inside. I'm like, Oh my word, what are we talking about (laughs) here? (laughs) Um, but just like, okay, yeah, let's Mm -hmm. talk about that. And, and if you have, if it's the right, you know, I get that there are probably times where like, this is not an appropriate time to talk about it, but if it is an appropriate time, like just talk about it and Mm -hmm. get it over, not get it over with, but like, don't, I don't want to be the one to say, we'll talk about that when you're older. Or, I mean, if you honestly don't have an answer for, I can't even think of an example, but if if you're really like, I need to think about that, be honest about that. Like, Hey, let's, I'm going to talk with you about that tomorrow. I need to think about it, but like just being sure you follow up and, um, if you can in the moment engage in the question and the conversation, because I think again, pushing it off could be a shameful feeling Mm -hmm. if it's done in a like, Oh, I'm not ready for this. Let's talk about it later. So yeah, that's, that's just been my hope and my prayer and my goal. Like I don't want there to be shame around their bodies and I don't want there to be shame around sex because there shouldn't be like the world has really ruined it. And that's frustrating. I know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know I said this in another podcast in the series, but Mike has often said to me, like, do we want to be the first voice to define it? Or do we want to try to catch up and redefine? Because the first voice actually has the most authority. And so how do we capture the moments where they're asking like some of the cutest, innocent questions that at times can be shocking (laughs) a little Mm -hmm. out of the blue, But how do you capture that moment? Which is why I love the middle school podcast on this, because I think Chrissy Kramer's parents did such a great job of capturing those moments. Yes. I highly recommend parents with middle schoolers to go listen to that one. Because even for me with a freshman in high school and almost a middle schooler, I'm like, it was so beautiful how they engaged with her. Yeah. Go back and listen. Yeah. And weren't afraid of it. So there Mm -hmm. are times for us with our girls, we'll they'll like have one of their sweet questions and we'll answer it. And then I have at different points said, and I will continue to answer this in different ways as you get older. But for right now, this is where we're going to, the conversation is going to be. If you have more questions, let me know. And for whatever reason, even by answering it, it just satisfies their mind. And then they're like, okay, let's go play. You know, like, I don't Mm -hmm. know. It's just interesting. But what about for you, Mark? Um, well, yeah, if they're ask, asking the question, they're going to get the answer somewhere. That's right. So either you can answer or the friends That's in the right. playground. That's right. We can't really insulate them from a lot of that. Yeah. Uh, we've been very intentional, too, about medical terminology. Mm-hmm. You have an arm, you have a penis or a vagina, mm-hmm. and just making it normal and yes. not a dirty word. And so we don't have to joke about wee-wees and hoo-hoos. It's, right, right, right. Here's what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is your body. It's a tool for God. Your whole body mm-hmm. is a tool for God. Yeah, that's right. How do we put this all in service? And yep. I've mentioned that to a friend before who is a therapist. And 
as, so my thought always behind that has been like, if, if for whatever reason my child has, even if they're at school and they're like, their penis hurts or something like, I don't want them calling it a name. And then the teacher being like, I don't know exactly what you're talking about. And so <laughs> she just said like, yes, unfortunately as a therapist, she's seen things and she's like, it's just more helpful if they know yeah. right. the terms. And so well, that's like a womp womp, like, but, <laughs> but I love how you said it too. Like it's a part of your body. We don't yes. call right. an elbow a joke name. So why would right. we call any body part by a different name? Yeah. Well, so. here's the level that we're at. Like I asked Allie on the way down here, can I say yes. medical terms? Like mm -hmm. you're both church employees. I'm on the exec board right. and we're asking permission to say know, penis and right. vagina. Mm -hmm. it, yeah. At what point did <laughs> those two that? words become shameful words? Right. You know, like where we're like, oh, we should probably cover that up with whatever mm -hmm. insert. Right. The right word with mm -hmm. that. And what are we actually saving them from? I know. Like, yeah. Yeah. I have this because it was so cute. I don't know that this is good parenting, just so everyone is aware of that. But we were all around the bonfire when Elle was super young. So Elle said something about like her vagina or something, but she couldn't say vagina and she kept calling it budgina. And I thought, and I was like, it's the cute. She goes, I'm sorry, I said a word, vagina. And I was like, it's the cutest thing in the no, world. No, that is bad parenting. We should I know. Let's edit that parenting. out. Thank you. Don't do that. Don't do that. Sorry, parents. That's okay. good because she even knew at a young age what it right. was called. Mm -hmm. I know, but now she knows how to say it correctly. <laughs> it's, it makes yeah. me think she's too old now. <laughs> okay, so there's this myth out there in the church, big C, big C-H-U-R-C-H, -H, to not talk about these topics because it somehow creates curiosity, which then equals experimentation. As your parents talk to you too, did you experience that? And then what are your thoughts on that with your own kids? Is there, and do you see that in culture even still? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would, so we had these questions beforehand and I was thinking about that because I have heard people give the argument, like we can't talk to our kids about sex because then they will get curious and then they will want to experiment with mm -hmm. it. And I, I just can't, believe that that's always true right like this doesn't make it right but sometimes I'm like listen if kids know that their parents like to have sex maybe they would be like ugh I'm gonna stay <laughs> or that their grandparents do <laughs> yes so like maybe that's that's our angle no not trying to get an angle grandma and grandpa no I'm sure <laughs> because oh I lost my train of thought but anyways so the the people that yeah. So then the people that believe that it'll lead to experimentation, I'm just like, well, when I was in grade school, we had at that time we had dare and they talked about drugs and the consequences of using drugs inappropriately. Right. That didn't make me want to try them. Right. And so, I, I, right. It's not an exact formula. Maybe for some children, it would right. cause curiosity. I think that if we are talking to them in an appropriate way about how it is such a gift right. and it is mm -hmm. such a good gift to um, experience within a man and a wife mm -hmm. or a husband and wife. Um, yeah. I just, I'm like, it's hard for me to 
imagine. I mean, they will always have the culture talking in their ears about like, it's normal just to have sex whenever you want or, you know, experiment. Um, but just being the voice, like that's, that's not actually what that's not supposed to be normal. Mm -hmm. And that's not, so yeah, I, I don't think I can buy that, that kids will experiment or be more curious and then want to experiment if we're talking to them about it in a healthy way. That's not to say like if you've talked to your kids and then they've made mistakes with sex or whatever that you did it wrong. Like, so there's no perfect formula. Like I don't ever want to be causing anyone any shame, but like all we can do is our, our best. And so I'm going to choose not to believe that if we as a church talk about it, then all of our kids are going to go out and have sex. Right. I know it's interesting. So as you were talking, Becky, I was praying and the thing that hit me in that was, man, how often when it comes to these topics, do we make our decisions based on fear instead of based on God? So like, we just aren't going to use the right names because that will somehow lead to fill in the blank. Or we can't talk about this topic because that will lead to fill in the blank. And it's all fear-based instead of God-honoring based. Mm -hmm. And man, if we just reshaped it and made it God-honoring based, like, I feel like God's big enough to handle that, Mm -hmm. that fill in the blank spot, you know, like, but instead we insert our fear, our hurts, our wounds, our shame in it, that then, yeah, just jades it a bit, a Mm -hmm. bit. So what about you, Mark? Somebody's going to talk to him about it. That's right. So it might as well be us. Yeah, that's right. Come on. And so like Mike was saying, we can either be the authority or else we can let the playground be the authority or whoever else be it. And I think I like the... Becky's talking about how Satan has distorted the gift. That's right. And I really preached into Henry, like, here's exactly how he's distorted it. These images you can see yep. are this, this is pornography mm-hmm. and this is why it's good, mm-hmm. but it's, it'll lead to death. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And why here's how it's actually perfect in God's mm-hmm. realm. Mm-hmm. And here's how, if we follow Satan's path, we think, well, we have sexual freedom and we mm-hmm. can do whatever we want and be free but it actually leads to bondage and soul ties mm-hmm. and all this other mm-hmm. stuff. Whereas if we follow God's plan, mm-hmm. man, it's going to be great. Yeah. So following the rules actually leads to freedom. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, Merce just came home this week actually and said, she was like looking through a book of a different culture. And she said, mom, why are the people like the women have no tops on the men? Like some of them have stuff, the babies don't. And I said, and it was from a long time ago. And I said, well, babe, culturally, there's just different places for that. And we've somehow, in culture, made those things so bad. And we're, so many cultures think it's beautiful. Like, mm-hmm. this is normal. It's not abnormal. And I said, it's totally different if we're sitting there and, like, oogling people with our eyes mm-hmm. and, like, making them into objects. But I said, unfortunately, that's what our culture has done. It's mm-hmm. made people into objects. And so... What might be normal in a community in Africa that is like a grass community isn't normal here. And I said, but that's not necessarily, that's not wrong either. And, but that's hard for a little kid to understand, mm-hmm. you know, cause you're like, well, no one here, like no one here walks around like that and that's not appropriate. And I see the signs that say that everyone should have shirts and shoes and yeah. pants on wherever you go. And you're like, yeah, but yeah. How, I mean, tell me, how do you guys handle those conversations? 
Yeah, I think... I think you entered into it beautifully, like just explaining there are cultural differences and Mm -hmm. whether that be right or wrong. Like I, I personally probably don't want to live somewhere like a nudist colony or something. I wouldn't choose to enter into that. (laughs) Um, but just recognizing sex is viewed differently in different cultures. Also, they still, God still has a plan in all the cultures like of it to be beautiful. Yeah. For sure. It's so interesting for me to think about. I think we, this is not like a political statement, so please don't hear what I'm not saying. Um, But I think sometimes I'm like, oh, America always gets these things right. And then I start, like, I just sit back a little bit more and I'm like, or do we, you know, Mm -hmm. like, and so even culturally, like, how does this affect my kids? because we live in the U.S. instead of living somewhere else. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's enough about all that. As parents, do you think there is a place for the church to partner with you? And if so, how can we? So here's the deal. If I'm honest, in our children's ministry, we don't really talk about this. Our hope is that parents are the first people to be having these conversations. But what do you think? Does the church partner with you as elementary kid parents? And then how can we? I think there's absolutely a place for the church to enter in. I mean, we allow our schools and our education system Mm. to teach our kids about sex. Right. And that's not an ungodly way. And I I don't think it's an immoral thing to do by any means. But I think there's a way that the church can come along and say, okay, now you're learning about your bodies. Right. Here's appropriate uh, body talk and here's appropriate sex talk for your age. I don't see why why not. I mean, mm. I wish the church could step into more roles yeah. and become, I mean, a third church has caught a lot of flack because we have the prayer tower and we have different things. I wish we had a gym and a, a basketball court and a movie theater, everything, because this should be the cultural center wow, come on. of where our kids are at. Yeah. Why wouldn't we want to run to church and be immersed in goodness? Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's, that's a good a, word. That's a fascinating idea about the church. You just like, ooh, yeah, right. changed my whole view. <laughs> um, I think as a parent, I would love for my children to be hearing about this outside of just the home mm-hmm. from a Christ-like mm-hmm. perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, because sometimes when you have that, it makes it seem like, oh, my mom and dad said that and the church is saying that it must be true that my body is all beautiful. Um, you know, so I wonder if there is a place for it minimally, if there's a place for like the church giving their families resources Mm -hmm. or, you know, like I think even you, Allie, like stepping into it with the podcast and saying, Hey, let's just talk about it and start talking about it. So I hope there's parents out there listening that have, ideas on how the church could step into it well and um yeah come alongside our right next generation so that mm-hmm. we can break off the shame associated with sex and yep. sexuality yeah how do we reclaim the lie and say this yeah, is what the actual on. truth yeah. is yes 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 yeah you know because it does make me mad that like it it feels awkward to talk about sex and mm-hmm. and there's a piece of it that sex is sacred yeah and it is it is a, it's not something to be like. It's intimate. It's yeah. intimate. Yes. And so, so I think some of the 
like not wanting to talk about it could lie around that piece mm -hmm. of it. But I think here we are showing how as adults, you can have respectful conversation about sex and it's not being, you know, like disrespectful to anyone's right. spouses or anyone's stories. And so, yeah, I just wonder if parents would be open to like, hey, how would you feel if mm -hmm. we as third church or whatever church you're from, we just start talking about, and and again, this isn't all the time. This is just right. saying, hey, you were made in God's image. Yeah. Every piece of you mm -hmm. and yeah, just taking back sex from right. the way that the culture has made it dirty and yes. only for my pleasure and mm -hmm. just, yeah, they've totally twisted it into something it's never was meant to be. Yeah. I wonder even, so you don't worry, we are not officially doing this, but I do wonder like when we even talk about creation, is there a place that we talk about it as we probably normally would, but then set parents up to have the conversation at home. Like, okay, so let's talk about all the parts of your body mm -hmm. God created and what are they functioned for? You know, mm -hmm. is that an easy pathway in instead, instead of it feeling like, okay, wait, but our family hasn't talked about this or like our family really has talked about this. And now so-and-so's kid wants to leave the class, you know, <laughs> like, um, but is there, are there ways that we can set the, people up and so okay podcasters here's the deal i want to hear from you my email is ali the letter c at trcpella.com if you have ideas on how we could partner with families in talking about these topics we would love to hear that because we don't think we got it all right no um, but we do want to hear because we want to make sure that we are being not only culturally relevant but more than that jesus and biblically relevant and I legitimately think Jesus would sit down and have these conversations. And so, mm -hmm. anyways, we would just love to hear from you. So, wonderful friends, what are some of the lies you have heard coming at families and kids around the topic of sex, sexuality, and relationships in this generation? Um, oof. I mean, you, you can heart... You, you can hardly turn on the TV and all of a sudden you're seeing sex mm -hmm. misrepresented. Yeah. Um, and so I just think, yeah, like, I don't know, a little bit like what I said before, like sex is being touted as do it for yourself. Mm -hmm. um, it becomes very selfish and full of lust. And, um, and I wonder too, if some of the shame in church is felt because we've only ever seen it or heard it talked about the way culture is presenting it to us. Wow. And then of yep. course you're going to feel yep. shame around that because it, it's not right. It's a yeah. lie. So hmm. this, you know, you're seeing culture say, no, oh, it feels good. Do it for yourself. Well, that's selfish and it's yeah. Lust and mm -hmm. all the things that God was like, that's not what I wanted it to be. But if that's the only way we've experienced mm -hmm. it, then yes. So I think, and even more so for our kids now that maybe they don't have phones, but their friends have phones I and know. it's basically a little computer with access to yep. everything, mm -hmm. specifically pornography, yep. um, suggestive videos. And yeah. So I, I don't know. I think some mm -hmm. of the lies are like, well, your kids are probably going to have sex before they're married. And so yeah. just good luck. Yep. And and I just don't think that's true. It can feel pretty hopeless and helpless as a parent. Like, yeah. well, what's the point of yeah. me even talking to them if they're going to, if this is just going to be the, outcome. if they're, if this is what they're going to do anyway, yeah. I see it everywhere. Like young people are 
being exposed to it younger and younger, it's ruining their brains. So why mm-hmm. do I even, mm-hmm. and I, I just don't think that's true. Mm-hmm. I think that's another lie that Satan is trying to tell us. Like they're going to get exposed to it anyway. Right. That might be true, but then on the flip side, this is why we're having these conversations or trying to encourage you as parents to have these conversations, like be the voice of truth in the lies. Yep. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. The lie coming at kids now is just that sex is all dirty. Yeah. And it's just God's sex, God's sexuality and his gift is that just that it's a gift. Yeah. Like it's beautiful, but we need to, kind of remind our kids how Satan took this lie. And the reason sin is so tempting is because it's good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like there's, there's pieces Mm. of good and God's goodness in there, but it's not the whole goodness. Yeah. And so you think it's going to satisfy, but it's not going to satisfy. It's going to leave you more dry in the end. But if we follow this path, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, come on. What if even part of the conversation pieces with families is like, we just want to talk about some of the lies that are out there, you know, because culture has defined, redefined, defined, redefined sex, sexuality and relationships so much, especially even in the last, I mean, in our generation. Mm -hmm. So we're all in our later thirties. So from that point that has been completely changed, Mm -hmm. man, just so often it feels like every day nowadays, but how often do we talk about the lies? Yeah, and expose right. it for what it is yeah. right. instead of like just trying to combat it or cover it or try to hide it. But if we just say, nope, that's a lie, that's actually not truth, mm-hmm. and then give the truth piece, I think that's actually really significant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've allowed ourselves to believe the lie that our sexuality is who we are now. Mm. And I don't care if you're gay or you're straight. Mm-hmm. You're a child of God. Right. Like that's your identity. That's your first and foremost. My identity is not straight. My identity is a son of God. Yeah. Yep. And that's how I need to live my life. Yeah. Yeah. Power. Yeah. For sure. Okay. So what I'm wondering as we're talking, and I'd love to hear you guys' feedback, is do you think that that sex is like the biggest thing the devil's using against us and trying to take us down as Christians and maybe our children, like the next Mm -hmm. generation. I think Satan is using sex to divide our souls. Mm -hmm. Uh, With my old youth group boys, I would always do the duct tape demonstration where you'd stick a a strip of duct tape on your arm and then you'd rip it off and it'd hurt. And then you'd stick to the next person and it would hurt. And then by the time you stuck it to eight or 10 people, Mm -hmm. your duct tape isn't sticky anymore. I would say, that's your soul, guys. And you, ha- you go have sex with this girl. And you have a soul tie with her. And then you have sex with this mm-hmm. person. And you, and you have a soul tie with X, Y, and Z. And you've got eight or ten soul ties. And then you go and try and have sex with your wife, which is beautiful. And that's the intimacy and that's the connection that God has tried. Has, that's his intended goal. But your duct tape isn't sticky anymore. Mm-hmm. So you're not connecting with your wife on a sexual level because sex has become so cheapened. And so how do you get your soul back after all that dirt? Mm-hmm. Can you? Yeah. Yeah. You can. But I don't think that's ever talked about. No. You know, like, I think, and I don't mean, I legitimately, I do agree with you, Mark. I just feel like sometimes we have made it such a physical act yeah. and don't think about, like, 
the emotional, the soul oh, part, like the spiritual yeah. piece to it. Because I remember when Mike and I uh, got married, we had marriage counselors that were an older couple and they sat us down. So Mike and I have different histories and dating and all that, all that jazz. And they sat us down and they said, we need you two to know that the, the soul tie piece is going to affect your relationship. Mm-hmm. The Lord wants to deliver you from that, but we just want you to know that that can af- affect your relationship and your times of intimacy together. Mm-hmm. And I was so thankful someone had said something because I, if I'm honest, I think if someone would have never said anything, we would have entered into a marriage. And if something came up, we would have been like, what the heck's happening? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why? Wh- what's happening? You know, like yeah. no one has explained what was going to happen. And so like for me, I was at a conference and the Lord like delivered all those pieces for me mm-hmm. all at once. And I was like, whoa, buddy. That's what that is, but no one until them, mm. that mar- that couple, that premarital couple, ever mentioned anything about that. It was always don't have the physical act of sex. And I wish that there was, and I know this probably is not an elementary age conversation, but I wish that there was a greater understanding of like how holistic sex yeah. and sexuality is yeah. for you as a being. I think how what you just said, Mark, was beautiful. Like your our identities are as sons and daughters first. Yes. Right. Actually only. You mm. know, like that is the identity piece. All the other pieces may complement, may come into play, but they're not actually identity pieces. And so yeah, mm-hmm. it's just interesting. And whether we're aware of it or not, you might think sex is a physical act and it's a one-night stand or whatever, but we do make those soul ties. Right. And yes, they can be redeemed, but it's it's going to take the work yep. and chipping away from from Jesus Christ coming to your life. Mm-hmm. And it's right. not always pleasant either. Yeah. Oh, no. It Yeah, it would be work. And it's definitely exposing the lie and yeah. bringing it to right. the light, which... <laughs> Yeah, I know there's some people that are just like, I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. How do you see God's heart for this generation? I see his heart as just wanting, like as we've been talking about identity, um, he just wants them to know their true identity. Mm -hmm. And so kind of circling back to that question that I wondered if, the devil was using sex and the way he's perverse sex to take him down. Like actually the truth is he's just trying to chink away at their identity and, and using sex is a big part of that. Um, so I see God's heart as just wanting to them to realize their true identity. Mm-hmm. And then at third, we've been talking about the circle of love. Mm-hmm. And so I've kind of been pondering to like, how does the conversation of the circle of love, you know, is that sometimes people think, or they want sex for the physical, but I think there's also that longing for the intimacy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the intimacy we're invited into with mm-hmm. the circle of love. Mm-hmm. And it, it is, see, this is the whole church thing where I'm like, oh, it's so weird to describe our relationship with God as the same intimacy as sex can be. That's exactly what it is. You know, that's the, I don't know, the Trinitarian piece that, I don't know, the holistic. Is that so weird? No, because I think 
ultimately, so, so honestly, if we go into sex, this is what I would say. If we go into sex and we're self-serving in it and we're like, I'm going to get what I want to get out of it. That's how it's going to be. Then really we're being selfish in it. Ultimately, the intimacy of sex should be serving one another, like in a Mm -hmm. submission, honoring, joy-filled love. And that is the Trinity, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and we're not saying the Trinity is having sex by any means, but there is like such a significant intimacy of Father, Son, Holy Spirit as three in one that when a man and woman are joined together and two fleshes become one flesh, in my mind, that actually makes beautiful sense. Mm -hmm. But what do you think, Mark? Yeah, that's how we're called to know each other. I mean, that's how Father, Son, and Spirit know each other. That's how man and woman know each other. And that's the picture of it. And that's the intimacy that we should be living in with the creator of the universe. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now I have a question. If someone's called to singleness, like, because a little bit in our our last little bit that we just had in the conversation... I could see how someone could hear, okay, so really if I'm not married, then I can never experience that kind of intimacy. But if someone's called to singleness, like how do you receive the full intimacy, Mm -hmm. you know, or experience that? Well, again, I think it's the intimacy that the circle of love is offering. It's that intimacy that we're craving that in a healthy marriage relationship you you can experience but as you enter into the circle of love it's it's intimacy like right. to be known and fully known yeah. by your creator yep i don't know how to describe anything more right. intimate than that mm-hmm. yep and we're spiritual beings with a physical body yeah and so a single person may not have that physical representation, mm-hmm. but they're going to have that spiritual connection Yes, with the circle mm-hmm. of love, which is ultimately more true, way more true than our physical selves. Oh, yeah, because how many times can our physical body actually jade our right. spiritual body? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that's beautiful because one of the places of feedback I get from young adults, honestly, often is how the church, big C, not necessarily third, promotes marriage more than the call of singleness Mm -hmm. and that both of them are calling. Mm -hmm. And so I just wanted to ask that question because we were in that moment and I was Mm -hmm. like, so what do we do with that? Because by no means are, I would say for the three of us, like by no means are we negating the call of singleness. We are not saying to be the ultimate person, you have to be married. I mean, we can go into all the different verses where Paul's like, it's actually probably better for you not to be married. Mm -hmm. But that in the call of singleness, there is a beautiful intimacy that can happen within the circle of love that is different and so awarding, you know? Mm -hmm. And so anyways, okay. That's all I got. You guys have more questions, more wonderings. I don't think so. I don't think so either. Should we? (laughs) I mean, here's the deal. We're all still learning, right? We're still learning. That's it. As we were talking a little bit about like, Hey parents, how do you want us to come alongside you? I also wanted to say like, can you please come alongside us? Because I don't know what I'm doing. And yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. And that's funny that you say alongside because Kevin often refers to the Holy Spirit as the advocate, the alongsider. Yeah, come on. Come alongside. And so we're not in this alone. No, no, I don't know what I'm doing 
really ever. <laughs> and so it's pretty great just to be able to say, all right, God, <laughs> I don't know how to teach a 10-year-old boy how to, about sex and right. all this, so why don't you yeah. hold yeah, my you mouth just, and That's exactly right. That was one thought I had while kind of mentally preparing for this conversation. Like, would, and yeah, maybe this this is going to be a piece of the blessing, but like, would we be so open to the conversation? Hmm. Would they happen organically? But also like, would our minds ever be able to be like, okay, God, you know, take a step (laughs) back. Okay, God, how would you have me answer this question that has quite honestly taken me aback? Yeah. Um, And just, I don't know, that feels freeing to me to be like, I don't know, God told me. (laughs) I felt like God wanted me to tell Mm -hmm. him in this moment this truth about sex. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is so great because I can often answer a question based on my filters, my mood, how mm-hmm. much time we've got, instead of e- pausing even for like a second and yeah. be like, okay, Holy Spirit, you know this exact child that is different than this other child that you've entrusted me with. How do I answer to this exact child? And how freeing that is because now it's no longer me trying to muster up something. It's connecting with the heart of the Father for my child. And he's her creator, you know? So, okay, friends, will you pray a blessing over us? Yeah. So, Father, I thank you for each person listening and joining in on this conversation with us. I just pray, Lord, now that your grace will abound over everything they just heard and over everything that may come up in the future from their children. Lord, we thank you for the next generation. Mm -hmm. We thank you for um, the ways that you are, you are calling them out to be an army of hope. Mm -hmm. And so I just pray Lord that as adults who have, for whatever reason, you've entrusted them into our care. I pray that you would, send Holy Spirit to walk alongside us through conversation. We recognize they may be awkward. We recognize we probably won't do it perfectly. And we just thank you for your grace that will abound over these conversations. So I just bless each parent and adult listening right now with um, your wisdom. Mm -hmm. And would we all begin to have a shift in perspective Mm -hmm. around sex and all that Mm -hmm. entails, Father? Father God, I thank you for the gift that you've given us in sex and sexuality. God, I pray against the devil's attacks um, Mm -hmm. and the way that he has misused your good gift. And God, I pray that you would just bring more light uh, to those dark areas and and bring us truth about uh, what sex is and and who we are in relationship to each other and in in relationship to you. Mm -hmm. God, I pray for uh, the kids that might be hearing um, these conversations, Lord. I pray that you would just be speaking your truth into them, that they would know that they are your sons and your daughters and mm-hmm. that uh, you've given them the keys to the kingdom, that they are more than their sexuality, that mm-hmm. um, they are heirs to your throne. Mm-hmm. God, I pray for uh, the parents that have screwed up uh, with sexuality themselves. I, I pray against the devil's attacks on them mm-hmm. and that they would have the courage, uh, even though they're not perfect, uh, that we're, we're not perfect, that we would just open our mouths and that you would fill Fill our our words uh, with your words, Lord, because we don't know what we're doing, but you do. And we Mm -hmm. thank you for that, God. Um, God, we just thank you for your light speaking Mm -hmm. into darkness. And we thank you for the beauty 
and the joy of who you are. God, we just want to know you more. We want to be known as your sons and daughters. We want to be, um, we just want to be known as yours. Yeah. God, we love you and we mm-hmm. give you our time. Um, we love you. Amen. 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 So thanks for joining us, friends. Please let us know if you have any feedback or comments. We are thankful for the time spent listening to our conversation. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us for this T3 Family Podcast. We hope it's been a blessing for you and your family.